Club 400 Radio is on the air. William, what's going on? I love being on the air. It's, it's a good feeling. I'll tell you, we have a special guest here today. Let's talk about the W flag. We like seeing the W flag above the scoreboard, don't we, William? We do, and especially when... It's Cub fans all over the country that have the W flag. That's the best. Oh, exactly. And let's go back to the the root of the W flag. It, uh, back in the day when the Cubs used to play 120 games, uh, they and before all the social media and computers and they, you know, uh, the W flag and the L flag was put up before and after a Cubs win or loss, and that was so people on the L could see if the Cubs won or just people walking by. So. It was a way to communicate uh, if the Cubs won or lost that day. And obviously, it's become something a lot more to Cub fans nowadays. And we have someone special uh, with us today. I want to thank Crawley for uh, giving me uh, Bob's information because uh, we rely on you guys, the listeners, to tell us about interesting Cub fans. And we have one on today. He's actually Irish, and it's St. Patrick's Day. Everybody, let's give a big hello to Bob O'Hara. How you doing, buddy? Fantastic. How you doing today? Oh, man, we're doing great, and I appreciate your time coming on the air today. And it's Cub fans like you is why I decided to uh, do this podcast. So uh, we want to learn about you, Bob. Tell us about your story, how you became a Cub fan. And obviously you have a great, unbelievable passion and how it got, how it got, how it got that way. Oh, it started from... From birth, man, to be honest, my parents were big Cub fans. My grandparents on both sides were Cub fans. We grew up in the South End area in Indiana. And so started at birth, and ever since I was throwing a baseball, you know, I was always uh, imagining myself as one of the Cubbies. And uh, who was your favorite players uh, growing up? Who, who was, like, your number one guy? Oh, without a doubt, it was Ryan O, man. Ryan Sandberg was my guy when I was a kid, you know, growing up in the late 80s and early 90s. He was my guy. Uh, so you were like a pretty much a 84 guy. That's When was it when you really fell in love with the Cubs? Well, actually, the 84 was I was six years old. And I can remember, you know, sitting at my grandma's watching on WGN. And my brother would ride our bikes about four miles to go watch it at her house because we couldn't get it at our house and where we live. So we would. Uh, that was the year I remember, you know, starting – you know, started me off. It must have made an impression if you can remember it from back from being six years old. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure, man. And then as you uh, got older and older, your passion grew. Are you a season ticket holder now? or? No, I wish I were. You know, we live about two hours, two hours outside of Chicago, you know, on a good day. So I've uh, never been a season ticket holder. We get to, you know, just do, we have four kids now, but we used to get to a dozen or so games a year. But you know, now it's closer to five to six if we're lucky. You said you had four kids. Correct. What are their names? Well, our our oldest is Grace. Uh, number two is Ryan. Uh, he's our only boy. And then we have two more girls, Addison and Sammy. Oh, that's awesome. You that's so it. great. Uh, so uh, Sammy Sosa was my favorite player growing up. Uh, so you got oh, a yeah. Sammy, you got a Ryan, you got a Grace. Yes, all good, awesome players. And your yeah. wife, Nikki, now, when you married your wife, did she know how big of a Cubs fan you were and that quite possibly you would have to name your kids after uh, Cubs players? Oh, yeah, for sure. She, you know, she's, I have to tell you guys, she's as big of a Cub fan as I am. I, I really do tell you how she is. And she, her family were all Cub fans growing up. And so, you know, we were a match made in heaven, I thought, when we, we met in high school. And, uh, you know, when we, when we first said we got married after college and when Grace came along and, 
um, you know, we were obviously looking for names. And when we found out it was a girl, you know, the day she was born, you know, Grace was my wife's favorite player. So it was it was no doubter, man. Well, that makes it a lot easier than having to try yeah. to convince someone. Yeah, so it was no twisting arms or anything. She was good to go. So you you guys truly are a Cubs family. I mean, any pets? You got any pets or no? <laughs> no, unfortunately, my wife and my oldest are very much pets. So no pets for us. <laughs> So, Becky, that's awesome. Uh, any, uh, I mean, uh, so, so she was all in, obviously, from day one. And uh, I saw you got a little man cave. I saw some pictures on the Internet. Uh, you got a nice little collection going over there, don't you? Oh, yeah. I think he took me up over the years with all kinds of gifts and things. And, you know, it's just kind of compiled into a nice little cave down there for sure. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's the best thing about it. Like, I, I was looking at some old newspaper. This guy is like a famous Cub fan out there in Indiana, I'll tell you. And uh, there was a good article. I would like you to tell us about, quite possibly, you were the first traveling W flag. You are kind of maybe the guy, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe started that big tradition of big flying the Ws out there. Yeah, I like to, I like to think that I am. I'll tell you, you know, as a... I first originally had the idea to make the flag. Of course, you know, you always saw it at Wrigley. Every time I go, I was like, yes, you know, after they win, they fly the W. And then it was about, it was actually 2000. I remember the year easily where I made the flag because it was a year we bought our first house. So you, I, ma you made the flag, right? I, I had it made. Yeah, at a local flag shop. I just went down and said, hey, this is what I want, you know. And honestly, I looked around thinking, oh, it's got to be for sale, something like that, you know, and didn't see anything. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to make one. And I put a flagpole up in my house. So every time the Cubs would win, I'd hang it myself. So, Cub fans, think about that. He had to make a W flag. What's the first thing you walk in when you any souvenir store in Wrigleyville? Right. You're going to see W flags everywhere. Right. So you may had this W flag that you got handmade basically for you. Correct. And then uh, what happened from there? You had... So you know every you know like I said I was 2000 and then you know hanging up proudly every every uh, after every Cubs victory at my house and for the next three summers and then uh you know fall 2003 fast forward a little bit and uh, my dad and i decided on a whim we were going to go down to game five in atlanta you know when they were playing in the in, the, in game five and uh i for sure i was like oh, i can't go without my flag because i'm definitely going to be proud and hang that and fly that down there in atlanta territory so lo and behold they win the game and watching sammy sosa give his interview and I throw it up and I'm just holding it up and with the crowd of fans, there's probably about 500 of us kind of piled around and Fox uh, Sports zoomed in on me and my flag and next thing I know, my phone is blowing up. That's crazy. Bob O'Hara, the first Cub fan to fly the W. Am I, am I, William, am I saying that correctly? You are saying it correctly. Is it surreal to you that now there's people out there, we, we actually interviewed a guy who climbs the world's largest mountains he's doing everest everest to, to mount next month the, to mount the flag yeah. yeah right that's awesome i mean there's other reasons he's doing it as well but that's what he does when he gets to the top of he's like the five largest mountains in the world yeah he's doing stuff everest like that but in april but everywhere every time you go to a road game every time you watch them on tv they're everywhere is it kind of surreal that you started that yeah, it is surreal, and then sometimes I, I wonder if there was ever a chance that I could have, you know, done anything about that, you know, to make some money off of it. But right. My wife always kicks me. She's like, hey, why didn't you patent that? I was like, ah, I think the Cubs probably, probably would have said, nah, you can't patent that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you would have won that uh, legal battle. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think they got a little bit more, uh, a few more lawyers than I do. But, yeah, it's cool to see, you know, every time I do, every time I see Cubs fly, 
W hanging up in the crowd, you know, and now you see hundreds, if not even thousands of them out there. And I'm always like, you know, little little pride inside thinking I, you know, I started that tradition. Yeah, and it's so cool. As Stu said there, you go into any gift shop and they're for sale. And we see people at, uh, you know, the Cubs convention and other places where they're, they're getting them autographed, getting them autographed by the 2016 team, all that kind of thing. I mean, it's like... Oh, yeah. And and nobody else. There's no other team that has anything similar to it at all. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know. Co- you know. Speaking of this man cave here that we're sitting in, Harry Corey. But you know that W flag that he made, the first one ever that he flew. It's that would look worth, really good down here. That's worth a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what do you? That thing might end up in a museum someday. Where's that thing hanging right now? Is that hanging in the basement? You got it. <laughs> well, I, well, that's awesome, man. I, I mean, that was like I always when I was talking to Crowley about Bob, I was like. Wait, he flew the. He's the first guy to flag the W. So I was like, we got to get him on, William. So speaking of talking to Crowley, then later in life, uh, you were selected as one of the lucky twenty uh, fans to present rings to players. Tell yeah, us about absolutely. that. Absolutely. Oh, that was a. You know, that has to be one of the uh, most memorable experiences personally as a, for a sports fan for me. You know, from that perspective, my wife and the the kids, I didn't know anything about it. I'm sure you know now about the contest and how it worked on Twitter, but I I didn't even know anything about it. They made a one-minute video, my wife and my kids, nominating me to be one of the top 20 Cub fans. And, um, you know, lo and behold, uh, it it was quite a good story how that worked out, too. She kept it. She found out and kept it a secret from everybody except for, like, two or three of her closest friends. And uh, they set up a... Our kids, you know, our two of our kids are born a day apart, you know, four years, but the day apart. So we always have birthday parties together. And uh, my wife says, hey, we're, you know, obviously Ryan and Sammy, they want to have Cubs birthday theme. You know, and I'm like, okay, no big deal. It's pretty, pretty par for the course for us. And, and then she's like, oh, yeah, our friend Aaron from the South Bend Tribune said that they, uh, he's got a buddy in the news, uh, local news that they're doing a little birthday theme you know they want to get some video footage you know, like of, a, of some theme birthdays so they're going to be here doing some filming i was like okay whatever they don't think twice about it well it turned out you know at the end of the party it was a big reveal that she was revealing with espn you know filming and stuff like that and that's how i was after i found out that i had been selected so that's pretty cool that's awesome yeah i, th- I saw a video of that we'll have to post that william uh, what was in the, just out of curiosity what was in the video that your wife and kids made yeah it was uh basically they told the story of all four of them being named after the cubs you know sammy uh, addison after the, you know addison street and and ryan and, and grace they all kind of talked about their little story and then um uh, my wife and the kids talked about me flying the W flag and kind of staking claim to being the first to do that. And uh, that was pretty much the gist of it. I'll tell you what, man, I hope, I hope we fly a lot of uh, W flags this year. Uh, uh, you know, what's your feelings about this season uh, as far as uh, the Cubs? I'm excited. I'm excited. I think we're going to fly a lot of Ws. You know, I, I really think we got another 95 to 100 win team. I know a lot of people are disappointed. We didn't go out and get some real big names, but, I, I really think that we've got a solid team. I think with Darvish coming back, he looks like he's he's in his uh, previous form, and I, I'm com- I'm confident. Yeah, it's kind of like they have Darvish and Chris Bryant coming back because he really wasn't able to contribute much last year with injuries and whatnot. Exactly, it's like you got two big name free agents right. coming off, you know. So I, I think that I think we're set. I think we're gonna be all right. I kind of got off subject there, but I, w- I do want to go yeah. back to the ring ceremony. Like yeah, sure. the day of the ring ceremony, I mean. 
I mean, one of the biggest days in Chicago Cubs history, obviously, and you're such a huge part of it. I, I what player? What whose ring did you present? I, I didn't. Matt Matt Caesar. Matt. Caesar. Oh, Matt Caesar. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, tell us about the emotions uh, that you experienced that day uh, walking down the Wrigley Field and knowing exactly, you know, that you're a part of history. Uh, it was it was unbelievable. I still I still get chills when I think about it. So just talking about it, I get the goosebumps, man. It was, you know, it was it was a whirlwind, kind of like a wedding day. You know, it was kind of a whirlwind. Everything was so fast and furious. But um, just walking out, you know, from the right field, you know, walking out on the field and, you know, 40, 45,000 people screaming and cheering. And it was surreal. And then obviously walking out with the with the ring, didn't want to look like a fool and drop it or anything like that. So I had to. <laughs> The clutch on that wasn't going to drop it. <laughs> that was nerve-wracking. Yeah, I, I bet. One guy to do something though. Oh, that's cool. What an experience. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you have you know you've, you've almost done it all. Where do you go from here now? I mean, Jesus, you've been the <laughs> Cubs ring bearer. You're you first guy to fly the W. I mean, just pretty cool stuff that's happened to you as a Cub fan. Oh yeah, I couldn't I couldn't ask for uh, anything more really. But you know, I guess. I guess from here we need another World Series. It's been it's been too long now. You know, it's probably a good thing that you're talking to us because I'm thinking about it. You know, Crowley is a member of Club 400. We had Schwarber out. Melissa's, uh, I mean, oh, that, uh, Crowley had actually Montero. I'm sorry, and Melissa right. had uh, Schwarber. So uh, you're the third ring bearer that we talked to. So maybe we'll get Matt Caesar out here one of these days. Uh, he's doing. He's a cool. He's a very cool guy, actually. Oh, and great uh, guy, yeah, yeah. I think he's playing. Uh, he's playing for some team right now. I yeah. forgot. Uh, I saw him in a game. I just don't remember. Yeah. So he's San playing. San Diego is he out in San, San Diego? I think so. Yeah. I think it's San yeah. Diego. Yeah. So one of, one of the good guys of, of baseball for sure. And you know, he did that cool painting of the World Series. That was pretty awesome. You know. Real cool. So, so as a lifelong Cub fan, what is what's a moment that sticks out in your mind? One of their games or seasons or. Well, besides obviously the World Series, that last moment, you know, just being at home, unfortunately I wasn't at that game, but, you know, I'll relive that the rest of my life with my family. They were all over here and, you know, my, my kids and celebrating like mad, obviously that one. But I also think back to when I was a kid, you know, um, that 1984 season that hooked me as a, as a Cub fan. I, you know, a lot of games that I think back and reminisce on sitting there watching with my grandma and grandpa um, and kind of, you know, just – at the beginning stages of my Cub fandom, uh, I, you know, there's the highs and lows. I think, you know, I was at Game Five when they won in 2003 down Atlanta, and then turn around and also at the other end in Game Seven when they lost to the Marlins that year. Mm. Although that was a kick in the gut, it was something that I'll never forget being there. That was the Bartman game, right? Uh, it was the game after, oh, actually. Right. Everybody was all worked up about Bartman, and I thought, well, shoot, I've got Game 7 tickets. I'm not too mad. Let's go. That was the, that was the Kerrywood bomb that <laughs> hurt around the world, that one. Oh, yeah. when he hit that home run, it was deafening in there. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, so how many uh, Cup games do you get to a year now? you get to a lot? Uh, yeah, any more five to six if we're lucky. You know, the four kids, they're getting to the sports sports age. You know, where they're, they're, our oldest is almost 14, and then they're down to six. So they're all playing a lot of baseball and softball in the summer. So five to six. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we, you know, you're going to have to make it out to Club 400 one of these days. I don't know if you heard about this place. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, Crawley's told me about it. Uh, you know, Melissa, she's, she's mentioned it a couple times. I know they're, they're, they're big about going, and we definitely would love to get out there. So, uh, what as far, uh, as far as the uh, where do you think where, where do you think we're going to end up this year? You know, there's these uh, 
the computers predicting us to be in last place, William. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I know our pitching staff's getting up there a little bit, but uh, what do you think? At the end of the year, we're not going to be in last place, are we, Bob? Oh, I can't believe that we'd even be close to being in last place. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too fond of these picks that computers are making. Like I said, I'm, I'm confident we're going to be all right this year. Well, it's going to be interesting. And obviously, I'm worried about the closing situation a little bit as far as the relievers. Right. But, I, I, you know, nowadays you're going to have, you know, I mean, if you usually with this team, there's just so much talent on it, you know. And if these guys do what they're supposed to do, you know, you know, sky's the limit. It's just, is everything going to click? I think at the end of the day, that's the question. Are we going to, is this team going to click? Are we going to start Ultimately, going four wheel drive? Yeah, that, that, that's ultimately what it is. It comes down to, you know, you catch some breaks, you get some momentum, and, and that's what happens. What do you think about the renovations at Wrigley Field and what that looks like over the past couple of years? You know, I have to say, you know, um, being a lifelong fan, I was one of those guys that thought, oh, come on, I don't want to see much change. You know, it's Wrigley. It's a it's a staple of baseball, but I honestly love it. I couldn't I couldn't have imagined anything better. I mean, it's it's they've really done an amazing job down there. It's hard to imagine the stadium before they put in the scoreboards yeah. and everything actually. Yeah, had. no kidding. No kidding. Well, the Wolf, yeah, it's just amazing what they're doing in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, the Wolf of Wrigley, they're having a, a big, like, bowling alley across the street uh, with an ar- unbelievable arcade in there. It's like the whole Wrigley experience is going to be a whole lot different than what, what we, we used to have, especially with us growing up for kids. This is going to be completely different. Yeah, Absolutely. All the action going on in uh, Gallagher Way with the concerts, and it's just, it's all, I mean, it's not like, you know, back in the day when we had Yum Yum Donuts and, uh, you know, McDonald's, and that was pretty much <laughs> it, you right. know? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yum Yum Donuts. So, Bob, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I uh, really appreciate hearing your story. Uh, really honored to speak with you. We'd love to see you out at Club 400 soon, and uh, yeah, bring Nikki for sure, and, and the kids, man. Bring the whole family. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Keep flying the W, man, and I hope we fly plenty of them in 2019. Absolutely, man. Go Cubbies. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you. Take care. Well, as you know, Club 400 is about to embark on what should be one of the greatest parties ever in the history of the world. Ben Zobrist, 2016 World Series MVP, will be at Club 400 on May 2nd. But is he the only Cub that'll be there? (laughs) No, 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 no. Ferguson Jenkins, Hall of Fame pitcher, will be there. Bobby Dernier will be there. Randy Hunley will be there. Ray Burris will be there. The Sarge, Gary Matthews will be there. Yeah, this is at Club 400 in Lake in the Hills. It's amazing. I'm here to tell you, at the time of taping... There are still a few tickets to be had. So if you're interested in that, reach out on the Facebook page, either Club 400 or Club 400 Podcast, to get the tickets. Here's the best part. There's so many things happening at this event. It's going to be crazy and epic at the same time. But the best part is all of the proceeds. All of the proceeds, 100%, are going to the family of Deputy Jacob Keltner, who was shot and killed a couple weeks ago. And everybody who is involved in this event is coming together to help make that number be as great as possible. 
one of the people who has stepped up in a major, major way is our good friend Mike Alejandro from Beaners. And I was able to talk to Mike and just kind of get the uh, the inspiration behind him coming to the table and donating all the food for this event. There's going to be about 300 people there, and Mike is doing the food for everyone. Mike, can you tell us a little bit as to why you're so passionate about this? Hello, Club 400, Stu and William. Uh, it is Mike Alejandro from uh, Beaners uh, Mexican Barbecue, Hebron. I uh, just want to give a little feedback on uh, on uh, what I am uh, participating in and for the family of the Keltner family. Uh, fundraiser. Uh, to tell you the truth, this actually really hit home really hard, right in our backyard. And me, being a survivor from a tragic accident nine years ago, you know, how the community came together for my family, you know, it was a blessing. It really meant a lot. So I, we try to do as much as we can, you know, for families in need. And this one was actually a really, uh, really bad tragic for, you know, like I said, really hit the heart. So as family members such as myself and my family, we feel that uh, we can participate in helping the Club 400, you know, uh, and participate in helping the family of the Keltner. So we decided to uh, donate, you know, the food proceeds uh, to, the, uh, to the Club 400 to help out all the, all the people that are coming over there for, uh, to support the Keltner family. Sorry about that. Lost connection. This is Mike from Beaners again. Uh, yeah, to get back to, uh, you know, how it is, it's all about family. You know, like I said, this hit home really hard. I love what Club 400 uh, stands for. I love what 400, uh, Club 400 does, you know, for families in need. And uh, we feel that this is something that we have to participate in and help out, uh, help out and give what we can. Beaners uh, Mexican Barbecue is something I came up with years back but decided to put it out in public and open up our place in Hebron. Uh, Beaners Mexican Barbecue is all about our smoked meats and, and grilled grilled meats as you order. It's just like uh, we cook just like uh, here as you would come to my yard and enjoy a family picnic. So what you're eating right here at Beaners Mexican Barbecue are smoked chicken, brisket, pulled pork, our tacos. is something that you exactly get coming to my house. If you're ever in my house, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Everything is smoked and grilled, ready to go. Uh, I enjoy uh, everybody that comes to here. I love talking to my customers that come in. I love to greet people like if they were coming into my house to visit, you know, visit us in our personal home. Beaners is our personal home. Uh, really, uh, I love the location. I love where we're at. It's, uh, it's a new venture for us, an adventure for us. We love what we do, and uh, we... We strive. We strive on, on making the best barbecue in McHenry County. Mike's restaurant is called Beaner's Mexican Barbecue. It is located at 12020 Maple Avenue in Hebron. The phone number there is 815-648-2555. You can find out more information, including see what's on the menu if you go to their Facebook or Instagram site. Let me just tell you, one day, Stu and I were driving around planning some future shows for um, Club 400 Podcast, 
and we were driving through Hebron, and we smelled this smell, and we pulled over. We actually had to drive around the block. We're like, what is that? And it was actually Mike outside grilling. I want to say it was chicken that day. It was the most amazing smell we've ever smelled. The food at this place is magnificent. It's something that you you want to do a road trip for. It's really only about 20, 25 minutes from the Huntley Lake in the Hills area right down on 47. And uh, totally worth your while. And what Mike's not saying is what a big deal this is. He's such a humble guy, but... This is huge. I mean, there's going to be 300 people there. He's feeding everyone. And all of the money that's going to be saved from that is going directly to the Keltner family, which is so great. I can't even explain in words how fantastic it is and how this event is shaping up to be a big deal. Finally, on the podcast today, we are less than a week out from opening day. And to celebrate that event, which is coming up, we're going to play a little Danny Rocket for you. we got a couple selections here. We're going to start with the person who was named opening day pitcher for the Cubs, Mr. John Lester, and the Danny Rocket hit Lester Day. Lester Day the World Series seems so far away Now I can't wait for opening day 2015 starts last a day Suddenly The Cubs have an ace who's a lefty Can't wait to watch him pitch at Wrigley John Lester is a cubby thank you to Theo cause you got John Lester paid we'll remember you when the Cubs go all the way Lester Day we told them LB We stole Joe Madden from the race And last year we ripped off the A's Cubs are spending Dome Montero behind the plate It's been six long years since the playoffs in 08 Less today could be in a pennant race The damn Cardinals in second place Oh, I believe in Lester Day Ooh, Lester Day Now, do you guys remember last year? A lot of highlights from last year. Another 95-win season. But the Cubs just couldn't get it done there in game 163, unfortunately, and went out uh, quickly in the one-game playoff. But there were some definite highlights, and there was a new member of the team that we really got to know. 
Here's Danny Rocket on That Guy. David Bodie filling in for KB. He hit a granny Cubs win four to three. Like a plane Driving Baseball old schoolers Insane If you get the chance to see Danny Rocket either down by Wrigley Field or at Club 400, I suggest you take that chance. Here is a little ditty about a player who we didn't get to see too much last year, but we're going to be riding the U train in 2019. Jake goodbye Cardinals and the Brewers cry 
Chicago. Lots of years and tons of dough. We got you paid. We. You know, a lot of people are freaking out because the Cubs didn't seem to do a tremendous amount on the offseason. But let's not forget, we got you Darvish all year. We got a healthy Chris Bryant, who's playing very well in spring training. And we got this guy for the entire season as well. The summer of 18 was pretty spectacular over at Club 400 as we had Kyle Schwarber and Jave Baez, two pretty good Cubs, out as guests in 2018. The 2019 summer starts out with Ben Zobrist on May 2nd. Check that out. Go to the Facebook page. Still a couple tickets left. But let's remember last year's guest, Javi Baez. Swing a wood, he's making all the plays cause Javi be good. When Javi runs the bases, 
He flips it from his mid and turns a double play. Three and oh, he homers when he swings away. Gliding into second, he's got 20 ways to slide around the tag and get it safe. Go, go. a great cubs podcast without ripping on the crosstown enemies a little bit here's one about the white Sox, and the last song we'll play is from the danny rocket greatest hits album volume number one which is called the ballad of john baker Calling White Sox games on the south side of town But now he won't come to Wrigley Field Cause Hawk hates the Cubs It's just a can of corn Can't stand Joe West or Bud Selig Bashing the umpires Hawk's such a homer Hate when he says you can put it on the board Yes Oh my He's just a dumb Hawk Carrollson Dumb Hawk Harrelson, Dumb Hawk Harrelson, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh my, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson, no one likes Hawk Harrelson. I'd really hate my life if I was Steve Stone, he must want to rip off his ears when Hawk says stretch and yes he gone. Oh my, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Dumb Hawk Harrelson, Dumb Hawk Harrelson, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh my, he's just a Dumb Hawk Harrelson. Oh no, no, he was safe. No, and another blow called by Hernandez. No, this rule is BS, that's what it is. Pure, simple BS. Says Dagnumman when it's not a homer, calls a broken bat, single a mat, I'm out of cola. Sit back, relax, and strap the down. He'll say it's the same damn thing every single damn day. I think the hawk is so annoying. Shouting mercy, you gotta be bleeping me. Big cat, no contact and get a corn. Criticizing umpires, hawk doesn't like the call. He hates the north side and he'll come to Wrigley. Hawk's not welcome in the friendly confines. Stay down south with your stupid phrases. In the broadcast booth is where the hawk wants to die. Oh, my, 
It's not baseball. It's just not baseball. That is, that is a flat-out, absolute disgrace to the umpiring profession, what this guy has been doing. You've got to be kidding me! What are you doing? He threw him out of the ball. Have you got to be taping me? What in the hell are you Backup catcher got the win. I showed up down at Wrigley with a belly full of gin. I knew it would be a long one, and when Jackson was pitching, the night the backup catcher got the win. And when Jackson only lasted four, the game was tied for 12 more innings, nobody could score. We went to Captain Morgan's because we wanted to drink more. The night the backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. Sat in the upper deck with three of my best friends. The night the backup catcher got the win. Just outside to have a smoke But as we stood beyond the gates Captain Morgan's closed We got left outside And we couldn't get back in The night the backup catcher got the win We were three sheets to the wind And overserved And we couldn't get back to our seats In upper deck reserved So we watched the game from the dugout On Addison The night the backup catcher got the win Sick outside of Wrigley from mixing beer and gin. The night the backup catcher got the win. And then, as the story's told, John Baker, the Cubs' backup catcher, took the mound in the top of the 16th inning, pitching a scoreless frame, facing the minimum. Then, in the bottom of the 16th inning, John came to the plate and took a walk. Then he ended up on third base somehow, at which point Starlin Castro hit a sacrifice fly, winning the game! John Baker finally won it in 16. On the most exciting sack fly this baseball fan has seen. But I sort of missed it, I was drunk as Charlie Sheen. The night the backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. Oh, they threatened us with handcuffs when we tried to sneak back in. The night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Danny Rocket. Thank you, Danny, for sharing those tunes with us. Baker Day! John Baker Day! John Baker Day! (laughs) Also, thank you to 
Bob O'Hara and Mike Alejandro, our previous guests on tonight's show. Be sure to tune into our Facebook page where you can get information about all the events happening at Club 400. And also tune into our podcast site, which is at podbean.com slash Club 400 Radio, where you can listen to all previous episodes of the Club 400 podcast. We will catch you next week. And by the way, we have an epic show coming up next week. It'll be a two-part show. That's all we're going to say right now, but it's going to be a good one. Happy opening day, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Now this could only happen to a guy like me And only happen in a town like this So may I say to each of you most gratefully As I throw each one of you a kiss This is my kind of town, Chicago my kind of town, Chicago is My kind of people too People who smile at you And each time I roam Chicago is Calling me home, Chicago why I just grin like a clown It's my kind of town Chicago.